Welcome to the Joe Vin Sports Show. Today we got the PGA Championship at Harding Park, San Francisco. We got on our golf analyst once again, Jimmy McIntosh. Jim, golf pro. What do you think? Golf pro, baby. What do you think about the uh, the tournament this week, man? It's local. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I mean, super cool. Um, this is a great course. I mean, I've played it quite a few times. It's a muni course. I mean, anybody can play it. Um, they've done quite a bit of renovations to it uh, over the past few years. They changed out the greens uh, back in 2015, I think. Um, and, I mean, since COVID has happened, I mean – I, this this thing is probably going to be playing pristine. The biggest concern that the PGA had was that this is a public golf course, right? Um, and how was it going to play? How many people were going to get to play it? And well, basically they just shut it like two months ago, right? And nobody's been playing it. So, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty cool to see. How, how did they land on this course? Like for, you know, someone like myself that, you know, doesn't, I guess, follow all like the, like the details and everything. Like how did they come up with this course? I, I'm sure like everyone, like a million courses bid on it. Right. But so, how, how, yeah. So, yeah. So the PGA of America, which makes up all of your golf pros. Right. So like, you know, when you go to a golf shop and you say like, you know, PGA tour pro at like, you know, Oakhurst country club has, a, has, a, has a pro, right. He's part of the PGA of America. And all of those pros can get qualified to go play in this, right? So there's like a ruling board that decides where they should have this, right? So they typically try and have it as much as they can at public golf courses like Beth Page Black in New York, where they had it last year, um, Harding Park, other places like that. But they try and make it, you know, obviously they try and move it around. It's the one major kind of like the British Open that moves around a little bit. But I mean, obviously us being, you know, the United States being much bigger than the UK, I mean, it moves around quite a bit, right? So they try and do it to grow the game as much as possible. Um, they try to get new, exciting venues. I mean, Harding Park hasn't hosted a tournament since 2015 when they hosted the WGC match play, um, which is now held at the Austin Country Club. Um, and then before that, uh, it was the President's Club back in 2005, I believe. Okay. Um, and I actually went to that. And uh, yeah, I remember that tournament. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's changed a lot, right? So the, it's kind of cool that they're doing it at a course that not a lot of people like play a lot, right? Yeah. It's not like the masters where it's like, all right, well, this guy knows this place like that back of his hand. Right. Um, they can kind of set it up to how they want to, and they really work with courses that will give them the latitude to do that, right? Because some courses are like, well, no, we yeah, don't want you to screw with our golf course, right? Right, yeah, they're more uh, stingy on it. Yeah, they try to make it, you know, as hard as they can. Um, so I think you'll definitely see a different golf course than like I have played there a bunch of times, right? But I've never yeah. played it under these conditions. For sure. Yeah. Well, just in, in a little bit of an overview for everyone, like it, it sounds like it's going to be, it's 156 player field, uh, correct? Or a pool. Um, yeah. Like you said, TPC has never held a major before, so it should be pretty cool. It, it's too bad fans obviously can't be there because it would have been, you know, I, probably a pretty cool experience for, you know, Bay Area people. Um, the weather in San Francisco is something I was going to ask you about, you know, for those of you that aren't in San Francisco, uh, I imagine that it's going to be, you know, hot, hot and heavy, you know, fog and wind in the morning. 
uh, overcast to probably about noontime. Um, but it's supposed to get up to like 65, 70, you know, partly cloudy, sunny. And so nice in the afternoons. But, you know, if you've watched a Giants game or, you know, an A's game in the last week, like you see around game time and, you know, it, it, obviously early in the mornings, like it's super overcast and cold. Um, do you think that's going to play into, I guess, factors with players or make a difference at all? So I definitely think that, you know, if you look at the past like five or six tournaments, they've all been in like Florida, Tennessee, mm -hmm. you know, Minnesota, it's all been hot, humid. So, you know, we're not talking about like playing golf here, you know, in the Northwest yeah. in October. Right. But I mean, it's going to be in the high forties in the morning, you know, that heavy wet fog is going to hang around. And then looking at the, looking at the wind, the, as the fog starts to burn off, you know, around 11, 12, the wind every day is going to pick up, right? right? So it's a little bit calmer conditions in the morning, but can be more moist where you'll get a little drier conditions in the afternoon, but you have to deal with the wind. For sure. Right. So, I, I mean, looking at, you know, Thursday and Friday, I don't know if it necessarily favors any one particular draw. Um, I think the guys that are teeing off more towards the middle of the day, that will have kind of similar conditions both days will probably benefit from that a little bit, but right. not something where it's like, Oh, well, you know, the guys teeing off in the morning are really going to have the advantage on Thursday. Um, yeah. And I guess it's like not going to be as dramatic. Like I hear, you know, a lot of people talk about people that were born, you know, like if you were born in Ireland or Scotland, you're used to playing in like bad weather or by the coast or something like those guys obviously crush sure. it at those courses, but it's probably not going to be that dramatic you know, my guess would be, I mean, a lot, all these guys have played pebble, right. You know, it's probably a very similar uh, yeah. atmosphere. My guess would be. Yeah. I mean, the, the one difference is, is that the rough is super deep. Um, and in the morning when it's wet, I mean, if you go into the rough, <laughs> like it's, it, it's not, you're likely not going to have a shot out of there unless you're John Rom or Brooks Kepka, Brooks Kepka or Bryson. Like right. super strong guys, you're just, most people are just going to have to punch out, right? They've cut down uh, the fairways to 60% of what they normally are. So they've taken away 40% of the fairways on the total course. Um, it's not an overly long course by yardage, but they've added a bunch of tee boxes to create some really weird angles. Um, there's six dog leg lefts and six dog leg rights. So... You know, it, it's going to be a good test. Like, you have to be able to shape shots. You have yeah. to be able to drive the ball far and straight. So we were kind of talking about Bryson a little bit earlier, right? Um, before we hopped on the recording, he hits it really far now. He hasn't been super accurate. And he's been the kind of the, the bomb and gouge is, is, the, is the term, right? Yeah. The problem is, is that some of this rough, you're just not going to be able to gouge it out of. Right. Right. So whereas to where somewhere like Augusta might fit Bryson's new style really well because there's no rough, mm -hmm. right? There's trees and there's pine straw and stuff like that, but he can hit it, you know, 10 miles and then go find it somewhere and play some little punch shot or right. get kind of creative. And still be um, on the green in two or whatever. Yeah. It'll be interesting for me where he's added this extra power where he can now club down and try and hit some more fairways and go about his game like that because he's a solid putter, right? But 
his around the green game isn't great. So if his mid irons and long irons are not on, um, problem. he's going to have some problems around the greens. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that brings us to what are the, some of the top players that you like this week? So like I said, you got to be able to hit it long and you got to be able to hit it straight. So off the tee and then approach into the green. Um, so that brings me to guys, Brooks Kepka. Uh, I mean, his irons have been on fire. Um, you know, he's won the last two PGA championships. Um, him and Justin Thomas are, you know, near the top of the favorites and, and rightfully so, um, you know, they're, they're the two favorites. So they have the game. Um, I also think, like John Rom. You think Brooks can three-peat it? I mean, I feel like he just gets so hot. Like last week he was on fire. Like so, he just warms up and heats up when it's, it's time for, for when it's uh, majors. For major so, time. It's crazy. So the ball the ball striking is always there with Brooks. It's his putter. Right? So Thursday last week on the on the first nine holes, or it was Thursday or Friday, whatever day he shot that sixty two. It was Thursday. Yeah, so he, he made like seventy six feet of putts on the first nine holes. Like that is completely insane. Right. So he was just draining stuff from everywhere. So if if he does heat up with a putter, he's going to be tough to beat, man. Um, I think John Rahm is also a guy that not a lot of people are talking about. We'll get into DK a little bit later, but he's kind of going over a look, and he plays really well at Coastal Courses. He's won at Torrey Pines down south in San Diego a few times. Much the same type of thing, right? Tighter fairways, need to hit it long and straight. And, I mean – as far as favorites go, I think Rom is probably will be my pick um, from the top end of the board to contend and probably win. And then I probably have to say Brooks second. Yeah, I think I checked right before. I'm going to pull it up right now. But from what I was gathering, as far as odds wise, if I remember correctly, JT and Brooks are both at 10 to 1 um currently and rom was at 14 so he's not too far behind i mean you get a little bit more value yeah rom's at 14 uh right now him and rory yep so um okay i like it i was gonna say brooks too i mean how can you go against the guy in the majors the last few years i mean it's it's tough right if we're going down the odds you know getting up into the area that i like to bet the like 20 to one all the way up to like the 50 to one area um what about the up, what about the 300 to one guys well we'll get there we'll I'm get there I got, i've got some bombs <laughs> i've got some bombs that's more my idea so here but but the thing is like if you typically go back and look at the last like like eight pga championships there's not a lot of guys that come from that deep to win like you mm-hmm. have to be a class player to win right. this tournament right there's just not a lot of room for error no, there's not. And like some guys can get hot and do it, but I mean, yeah. I still don't understand why Tiger's 33 to one. So that was going to be, I, I think, mean, that's obviously elephant in the room, right? Like I think Tiger's my big pick this week. Um, he's, he's right now sitting at, yeah, 33 to one. So he has been playing a lot of tournaments, but I mean, all his practice rounds are saying he's killing it. I mean, I heard he made a 600 yard uh, par five and two the other day in a, a practice round out there. So I like Tiger this week, man. So look, so Tiger Tiger dominated here when they played the President's Cup here. He absolutely dominated. He I think he went like 5-1 one and 1 in his six matches, right? He played pretty well. 
last time that they had the uh, the WGC match play here, right? I I don't care that he hasn't been playing a lot, like no. playing tournaments, right? Like right. he he's at the stage in his career where he just doesn't he doesn't need to do that, right? Yeah. The only concern, and he's said it before, is the temperature with his back. So that's what I mean. I obviously we didn't bring it up at the beginning, but when it comes to weather, like he's obviously the biggest name still. Right. And with his back issues and everything else, like that's number one. I mean, when is he teeing off Thursday? Do you know? So I think he's teeing off around nine 30. So he's going to have an uh, early slot Pacific. So that's not super early. I mean, there's yeah, guys the going off at like, yeah, you know, <laughs> there's, yeah, like six thirty. there's guys going off pretty early. So here, let me pull it up real like, quick. Tiger's the best shape uh, shape shotter in the game, right? I mean, the guy can shape shots anytime he wants, and if that's what you're looking for on this course, I mean, Tiger's got to be your guy. Well, I just and this is coming just from again a completely outside view. Obviously, like I'm by no means like know as much golf as you guys, but like I look at 33 to one, and it's like to me that's insane value, right? Like you look at the other guys in the threes and he's far and away a way better player than those guys when yeah, he's on, I mean, you know? I, like, he has I a mean, legitimate shot to win at 33-1. to one. I mean, Daniel Berger and Webb Simpson are at 30-1. to one. You're telling me those two guys have better odds? Right. Daniel Berger, he's playing well, right? This course is a horrible, horrible course setup for Webb Simpson. Like, I couldn't what, tell you what Daniel Berger looks like for a million dollars right now. Dude, Berger, Berger is very consistent. Very consistent. <laughs> right? Like he's not he going to come out winning a PGA Championship. No, no. But again, Tiger, Tiger at thirty-three to one, like, and his back is healthy. Yeah. Just if he can get it loosened up enough to play well, right? Yeah, I think he'll be man. fine, man. The back hasn't given him an issue in a while. You know. No, but like if you look at. If you look at um, the Memorial, right, he played really good that one round because he played in the afternoon. He went out the next day on Friday morning, you know, because he had up. the late afternoon, early morning split. He just mm -hmm. said it. He's like, he says it all the time. He uses the word, I, can't, I couldn't get my back activated. So it's not mm -hmm. like there's anything wrong with it, right? Yeah. But he just can't get it to the point where he can hit the shots that he needs to. But yeah. on a course like this, where I think the winning number is probably going to be like nine or ten under, I mean, he Doable. doesn't – yeah, and he plays with the best strategy out of anybody yeah. out there still. He knows, you know, where to hit shots. He knew, he knows exactly the way he wants to play it. And he didn't play last weekend, right? He's been here since last Sunday. Just – he went out and played 18 holes on Sunday while everyone was finishing the WGC. So he hasn't had to travel – I right. like the fact, though, that he's played here. He's won here. Like, how many of these like, younger players, especially, have ever played here? I mean, he's a Stanford guy, right? I mean, the guy who grew saying, up his like, amateur career golfing on the on the coast, you know? Kind of coming. He, he, he always kicks ass in the Bay Area, right? Like, every time he's here, like, Pebble, he's dominated for years. Like, I don't know. There's something about it. One, one guy we kind of jumped over, not to, like, jump off Tiger, but uh, do you have any interest in DJ at 20 to 1? Yeah, I mean, he's got the game to do it. And you can – DJ has shown that he doesn't need to be on to to win, right? He can just kind of drop in and, yeah, I guess I feel like I'll, I'll try this week or whatever he right. does. I mean, it's just uh, – at that 20-to-1 number – When his putter's on, he'll go for it. But when yeah. it's off, man, he doesn't give a shit. So that 20-to-1 number has dropped quite a bit. He opened up at 28. I, I would have liked that number better if I was going to bet him. I, I did not bet him this week. 
Um, but I guess I'm I just looking at be, it. I mean, I'm going to be playing a lot of him on DK based on how he's priced. I mean, I think a lot of other people are too. Right. But I guess I was, yeah, I guess I was just looking at it from a standpoint of like you were saying in order to win a major, typically you need to be a world-class player and any given day, he's the best player in golf. Like he, he can be like, if he's on, he is going to, he could throttle anyone. 100%. So, So, okay. You're talking about local guys and you know, a local guy who I know has played this course a lot. You see my boy guy. Uh, I don't know. It's Colin Morikawa, yeah. your boy. Yeah, cow guy. Cow guy, right? So his odds have dropped a lot. I bet him and Victor Hovland back in February to win this. I have a ticket. I have a Victor yes. Hovland ticket at 140 to 1. Oh my God. Hov- Hovland's at 45 to 1 right now. Yep. And I have a Morikawa ticket at 155 to 1. And he's at 35 to 1 right now. My God. <laughs> oh, damn. So awesome. good on you, mate. Yeah. I mean, look, you take some shots early in the year. They're not big bets because, you know, you're not really sure how they're going to be playing. Right. But, you know, Hovland and Morikawa are both ball strikers. Morikawa maybe hits his irons. Maybe the best, they maybe the best iron player on tour other than Rory McElroy. Like he is so good. His off the tee and him and Hovland's around the green game, their short game, like chipping and stuff like that is just not good. But Morikawa, I guarantee, I mean, he went to Cal. They played yeah. tons of collegiate events at Harding Park, right? Um, Hovland, again, went to Oregon or Oklahoma State. They play a ton of West Coast events at Harding You're Park. You're like Oklahoma State, right down the street. <laughs> He's super comfortable. I'm skipping a jump. <laughs> but they come out here all the time. So, yeah. like, like case in point, there's a private invitational that they do every year that the Big Ten does. Or I'm sorry, right. what are they? They in the Big Twelve? Big Twelve. Yeah. Twelve. That the Big Twelve does that rich parents pay for. That they come out and do their own little private tournament at Harding Park, Paso Tiempo. And they play all the pebble courses over a week. And it's like a tune-up for the collegiate season. And Hovland has done that every single year when he was in college. So they play a lot of tournaments out here, right? So I think those are two young guys in in the mid-range where if you still want to bet them, you know, 35 to 1, 45 to 1, I I don't hate it. Um, And then especially on DraftKings, it seems like, you know, Victor Hovland has cooled off the last few weeks and nobody wants to play him. I have him written down here. I, I, yeah. So, and then the the other guy that I have bet from this range that he's he's just the ultimate gamer. Nobody likes him, but Patrick Reed. I love Patrick Reed, Reed. Captain America, man. Plays <laughs> plays plays really well in tough courses. He is not yeah. a guy that is going to go out and be able to contend at a course where the winning score is twenty under, twenty two under. He just doesn't make enough birdies for that. Patrick Reed's game is mitigating risk and limiting his damage, right? And that's why he's such a good match play player because he Mm -hmm. doesn't blow up, right? And when he does have a bad hole, he's able to calm himself down and and play through it, really, right? So, you know, do you think think he's going to be intimidated at all if he's going into Sunday with the the chance that Tiger? Well, walks by his wife again and, and actually takes her this time. <laughs> That's no. a real, I mean, no, dude, Tiger's wearing red on Sunday. Dude, Patrick I, Reed doesn't give a fuck. That's why I your girl. Hates him. <laughs> your girl. That so, guy just does not care. 
so yeah and again Dude, patrick, reed, said, patrick reed wore tiger red on a sunday like when tiger was also top 10 like that guy doesn't give a fuck. it's like showing up to a <laughs> wedding wearing white like, exactly pretty much he just doesn't care right just fuck it why not um all right i might so, write, i might i might go with reed i kind of like that so yeah so you know there's there's some other guys in the mid-range here but you know i want to get up to a couple of bombs yeah now we're talking that yes you know, one guy you want to talk about hasn't played a whole lot. Henrik Stenson has everything you need for this course. Awesome. Um, just hits it straight. Ultimate ball striker, 125 to one. Sign me up, right? I have, I have a bet in on him. And then the other guy that I just don't get who his odds have actually improved or gotten longer is Kevin Kisner. So, Kevin Kisner does not hit the ball far, right? But he mm-hmm. hits it straight and he can putt. And those are two very, very important things that are going to come to light on this course. Normally, he probably he would probably say, like, if you heard him on the Barstool podcast, like he's got no shot here. But I think he's got a really good shot. He's a grinder. Again, he's not a guy that's going to go out and win you a tournament at 20 under. But at eight, nine, ten under, he he just doesn't he doesn't make those mistakes that he puts up nines or tens or eights right. or sevens. Like he just doesn't do that. And at 135 to one, like I'm looking at him on DK Sportsbook. I mean, he he's right. He he's got worse odds than Kevin Streelman. Like <laughs> I know you guys probably don't even know who that is. Unfortunately, like, he lost no, the money. No, I know who he once. is. He's like Mr. <laughs> Average, isn't he? I mean, he wears the fucking sunglasses on yeah. the back of his head, and he wears fucking sunglasses all the time. Like, and he's, he's like five he'll hit, foot he'll hit one. top twenty-fives in like the Barracuda Championship, and all the good players are playing at WGC. Yeah, that's I mean, who Kevin Streelman like, is. Get the hell out of here, man. <laughs> um, one other guy, two other guys, one fifty to one, Joaquin Neiman, horrible mm-hmm. putter. Cannot putt worth the shit, but is a hell of a ball. Strike. Good start. I like where we're going with this. Keep going. Look, putt, bet, putting, bet, p- bet. <laughs> putting, putting's a really high variance thing. So on, on some of these weeks with some of these longer odds guys, you, you're not going to get everything, right? right? That's why I think it's weird that Kevin Kisner's down here in the 135, 125 range because he doesn't have a lot of holes in his game. Well, I mean, Joaquin Neiman can't putt, but he can strike the hell out of the ball. And that 150 to one, it's worth 10 bucks, right? Right. Another guy is Matt Wallace. He's an Englishman, right? Hits the ball really far, used to playing in really bad conditions. And again, this is a guy that can win you a tournament in the eight to nine to 10 to 11 under range. He's never a guy that's going to be able to contend um, when it gets into the teens and stuff like that. Now, the concern here, right, is if a guy like Brooks or if a guy like Bryson or mm-hmm. if a guy like JT and fuck Bryson. just gets okay. hot, <laughs> they they could win this tournament by six or seven strokes at like 15 or 16 under. Right. So that, I mean, that's the concern, right? And I, I mean, I don't know. So 150 to one is the highest that I topped out at this week. I think anything past that, um, if you like some guys – higher than that you you probably should just be playing some top 10s or top 20s or something like that you know i i mean the guys just in the 300 to 200 range they just i just they have no shot to win this 
They just don't. So are you saying that my $2 bet that I put on <laughs> Judd Gibb for 400000 or plus four hundred? Uh, $2 to win eight grand is I'm not getting that back. I think that's a great bet. Uh, yeah, that's not a good bet. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I was would have rather $2 to a homeless person. <laughs> I would have rather bet, you know, Siwoo Kim at 350 to one. Hey, don't rag on Siwoo. Siwoo's been hot lately, man. Siwoo for a top 25 this week. Okay. I mean, Sure. I mean, I guess you could do that, but you know, here, let me see what this. See who's making his comeback, dude. Hey, after two. Why isn't Why isn't Abernath playing? Who? Oh, they got the big cigar. No, the guy who smokes the cigs. Yeah. Oh, Appy Barnrat. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, dude, he hasn't left Thailand. <laughs> dude, he's just, just hanging out. He's just holed up in some fucking Thai apartment. Sitting in his Lamborghinis, just rifling cigs. I mean, sounds like the life. He he's so <laughs> so so the old barn rat's a little on the heavier side. So I mean, if he hasn't been doing much, I don't know what he's gonna look like when he resurfaces yes. again. Mm, um, better the better. I I have no idea. I would have thought that he would have came and played the WGC last week, but. I mean, he's just no shown. Yeah, he's, he's just straight up not playing. <laughs> well, Cespedes showed up at least. He he just guy he, hasn't even showed up. So he potentially was just like, you know what? I've made enough money that like I'm good in Thailand <laughs> for like like no, but that's a weird thing because he 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 talks about the only reason he plays golf is to get more money to buy shit. He say he loves spending money. He's got fucking like 20 Rolexes. He's got like four or five Lamborghinis. Like he's got all kinds of shit. So like, I love this. I don't know, dude. I love him too. And I'm really upset that he's not playing (laughs) like, but I guess like COVID, he just decided like, sorry, like I'm just staying in Thailand and that's it. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of shitty. Right. So um, what are you going to do? Yeah, real real quick, um, DK. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna share. So, I if you got, I don't know if you guys are, but I'm a part of FantasyNational.com. I know Pat Mayo, that's his big thing, right? Mm-hmm. But really, what it is, it's just custom stat modeling, and it gives you an idea of where if you want to dial in stats and you want to try and pick golfers based on statistics. You don't have to go build a whole model yourself in a spreadsheet. Essentially, you can just, you know, customize their models that they have already and weight it how you want to. Um, The cool part about it is that when people are generating lineups within Fantasy National, because there's a lineup generator, you get calculated ownership, right? So they give you how many people star a golfer. So when you star a golfer, that's where you generate your lineups from. That's where it'll pull from. They're like favorite it. And then, so they give you like an actual lineup generation number and then a calculated ownership on like how many people are going to like play that person. Right. Gotcha. So, so we'll kind of give you just a sense of like, you know, if everybody picked, yeah, you know, not, starting with Kepka to see what it looks like. Yeah. I mean, it's not, know, it's not perfect. Kepka. Right. Um, but it gives you a pretty good idea. And a lot of people using fantasy national are either playing 
probably a little bit higher dollar tournaments. They're definitely playing like the PME open, right? Sure. Um, and they're generating a lot of lineups. So most, mostly multi, most mass multi-entering and stuff like that. So okay. the top, the top few calculated ownership, Colin Morikawa is coming in at 18% as the highest owned player. Next, wow. we got Xander at 17.4%. Berger at 15.3%. I will be full fade Berger. I'm just telling yeah, you right now. <laughs> I just, he's got no, no shot. Just no shot to win. And now he's probably going to win. Um, then we got Justin Thomas at 14.8%. I mean, that's high for a guy, the most expensive golfer. Yeah. So you know, I just, I personally think if I'm going up top, I'm going Kepka. That, yeah. That's just my lean. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, Romer, you know, you can get John Rom for, you know, almost a thousand dollars less than JT. Yeah. So, you know, Rom's coming in at, you know, 13%. So that's probably in the 13 to 14% range. Brooks is coming in at around 12 to 13%. So, you know, I'm not a guy personally that, that pays atten- a whole lot of attention to ownership percentages just because I don't mass multi-enter. I play single entry, you know, yeah. three max, stuff like that. So really, like, if you really have a guy and you think that guy is going to win, play him regardless right. of how chalky or, oh, this guy's going to be mega chalk and, like, well, you still have six golfers to fill out your lineup, right? Yeah, you can get so, weird with the other spots. So exactly. If it's good chalk, like, just Yeah, and, and, like, if you want to differentiate yourself real easily, the easiest way to do it is to leave, like, three or $400 on the table once you mm-hmm. make your lineups, right? Um, but some of my other guys I like, Tiger. Now, this is – I don't know. I, I don't know if I believe this, but they say Tiger's only going to come in at around 7 to 8%. Dude, no way. I, I can no. see it, man. People get really shooken up when players don't play for a few weeks. But I think, know? like, I don't – I find that hard to believe the fact that this is, like, when people hear major time, it's Tiger. Like, people, I think, are hoping for and expecting to see Tiger and Brooks on Sunday paired off, yeah. you know, like, fighting yeah. for the league, right? That's what people want. Like, I think a lot of people think about ownership and they think Tiger just because of the name is going to get high ownership and people will go away from him. I think that happens a lot with Tiger. Happen. Yeah, I mean, but I, like, I'm with you on the price. Like, it, it goes the other way too. Like, uh, like Rory McIlroy, he's not getting any buzz this week. And everyone is going to say, oh, I think Rory's going to be sneaky. Like, no one's talking about it. No one's talking yeah. about it. And then <laughs> Thursday morning, he's going to be 22% owned and be right. like, mm-hmm. well, you know, everyone thought Rory was the sneaky play, but he's like maybe one of the best players in the world. So I don't if think you, that's ever going to be a sneaky play. If, if you were playing, let's say, five lineups, like yeah. if we're just going through the tiers, like yeah. Tiger and DJ, who, who would you play out of, those, out of five lineups? I play Tiger in three, DJ in two. Okay. What about Morikawa, Hovland? Four Morikawa, one Hovland. Wow. So you really like Morikawa then this week? Yeah. He, he's just got the more complete game, and it's just the ball striking, right? Reader, Reader's in that 8K even. Reader who? No, Reed. Reed. Oh, yeah. Give, give me all the Reed. I mean – He's at, you know, coming in projected at about 8 to 10% ownership. Yeah. Any love, for, any love for your guy, Phil? 
Phil. I mean, I played a lot of Phil last week. It worked yeah, out well me, last week, right? Like, um, I just his his driving accuracy is just so poor. It just it's just not gonna. He, I know he's a wizard with the short game, but just no, I'll, I'll pass for on Phil. Does he makes too many big numbers? What right? about what about Bubba down there? Since he's so, I mean, he is a driver. Like he's a absolute like he's I like bomb. I like well, Bubba. Bubba with Bubba on dog legs is dangerous, man. I like Bubba, right? He's a ball striker. He smashes. The putter gets hot, right? He he's won major championships before. Again, at the DraftKings pricing, he's seventy four hundred dollars. Right, right. He's pat. He's he's priced right next to Billy Horschel. Right. Like you gonna play Bubba Watson or Billy Horschel? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I just. I, that's the one thing I think a lot of people do is they overthink themselves yeah. and try and get really like, especially when we're in a major, you just have to look like, am I going to play Byung-Hung Ann who shot seven over in the final round? Cause he legitimately cannot putt last week. Yeah. Or am I going to play Kevin Kisner for $200 cheaper? I mean, I, I mean, it's just like and K- Kisner coming in at 3% owned. Hey, why is uh Mark Hubbard all the way down to 6,200? Can you explain that? Say say his name again. Mark Hubbard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Mark Hubbard. Yeah, but he's got three top tens this year. Okay, great. I mean, but what courses were they? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> well, I'm just wondering. Like, I'm looking at it from like face value, and I'm seeing like some of these guys. I feel are are just really cheap. That are like not terrible golf. Well, course. like well, like Jim was saying, this is just an upper echelon course when you come to the yeah. majors and. Yeah. Like you said, these guys can usually get away with it on easier courses, which they're not going to get away with it in, these, in this situation this weekend. I mean, they're, they they have been able to dial this course in to exactly how they want it to play. Yeah. They have it, the rough as long as they want it. They've, you know, this, this tournament was supposed to be held in May. Okay. So right. we're three months later. So that's an extra three months to grow out the, the, uh, the rough. And so they just said, screw it. Like, we're just going to grow it out. Um, you know, they've, they've added tee boxes. Hole 8, which normally plays at like 193-yard par 3, it's playing at 251. Yeah, Jesus. Par 250 three. par 3. <laughs> wow. Guys like Webb Simpson are going to have to hit their driver. I mean, I'm serious, dude. I mean, I think – your boy Mark Hubbard probably has to hit his driver to get it. Hey, he's not my boy. <laughs> no, he's I mean, your boy now. Sorry. The, if <laughs> no. He, if you want, some, I, I was going to ask him about my boy next, Taylor Gooch. I Gooch. mean, he look, he he can hit the ball long. He's a ball striker. Right next to him at sixty four hundred is Sung Kang. Um, if we were betting on, if we were betting on low Asian. That's probably who my bet would be on. That's what I'm getting at, though. There's some guys that are down here, like, I feel like bottom of the barrel, where it's like I see them every Saturday and Sunday, like, you know, playing well on, like, Saturday, Sunday. And so it's like, okay, I get it the course, and I get it, like, we're looking for, like, elite, like, you know, players. But you're going to need to fit one or two of these guys in if you want to go with, like, a Brooks – uh brooks rom you know or something like that or brooks rom tiger and start there like you're gonna have to get a few of these guys down there in the sixes and sevens yeah i mean when you're looking at the ownership percentage too you can see that a lot of people are gonna do that right yeah i mean harris english is 11 per coming in at 11 percent at 7200 you know ryan palmer 
eight to nine percent at sixty nine hundred. Brendan Steele, you know, there there's guys popping up down here that like Russell Henley at sixty six hundred is it going to be nine percent owned? No thanks. I, I'll go to somebody else, right? I'll play Siwoo Kim at one percent owned yeah. for sixty seven hundred, right? You think maybe a little bit more of a balanced balanced lineup would be different, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think balance is probably going to be your best way to go this week. Um, you know, you're going to have to get six of six through the cut if you really want to try and win a GPP. And I, it's just going to be so hard to get some of these lower 6,000, mid-6,000 players through the cut. I mean, it's just – it's a coin flip. They could certainly get there, but I just – I don't know. I'm just not confident – I'm going to be more comfortable. Like I said, I play single entry. I play three max. So that's more conducive to a balance build yeah. than, than anything else. And I think that at the end of the day, that's kind of the, probably the best way that you want to go. I'm going to put a couple of lineups into the Millie maker and, and try and get weird and see if, see, see if we can make something happen this week. But other than that, I mean, that's not my actual strategy. That's just, right. you know, yeah. trying to do something weird to win a yeah. million dollars with two lineups in 178,000 person <laughs> tournament. So easy money. Like it. Cool. Anything <laughs> else? Anything anybody is a, a huge red flag stay away from, from just a, a betting standpoint or someone that you think is overhyped where you would definitely play against that guy. If you could Bryson. I mean, Joe, Joe, every, you guys laugh, but if Bryson tell you, if he decides that he's going to just try and bomb and gouge this thing, he's going to miss a cut. He, he, he has to club down and he has to hit three irons and three woods and get in the fairway. Uh, like I was watching, I've been watching all the reporters and like rigs from Barstool is, is there. And he's, he's showing Kevin Kisner and other guys hit shots out of the rough. And it's just like, awesome. They're, they're advancing it, you know, 30, 40 yards back into the fairway on, on a 480 yard par four. So going to work. I mean, the first hole is almost drivable for Bryson. Is he going to go for it? Like if he does, I don't, I mean, it's just not going to be, it's not so, going to be good for him. Yeah. He's just ultimate boomer bust. If he's missing fairways, he's, he's in a lot of trouble. Um, some other guys that I'm just like Xing out this week, Ricky Fowler. No, <laughs> thanks. Matt Fitzpatrick. No, thanks. Daniel Berger, no thanks. Um, those are probably my higher end guys. And then, you know, Webb at ninety seven hundred, no thanks. He the, he's a wet noodle. He can't he can't hit the ball <laughs> far enough. That might be the most insulting thing you can say about someone. <laughs> I mean, pull up a picture of Webb Simpson and tell me he doesn't just look like your ultimate like wet noodle. He wears like a size small shirt and it hangs off of him like. Brighton wearing one of my shirts. I mean, it's ridiculous. All I gotta say is, if you ever call me a wet noodle, we're coming down. It's going to fighting. Those are fighting. Yeah. Well, Vinny, like I said, pull up a picture of Webb Simpson, and if you ever get to looking like that, just like don't be surprised if I call you a wet noodle. I'm like the opposite of a wet noodle. Yeah. So I mean, you sweat a lot, but you know, other than that, Mike Rigatoni. All right, and on that, I think we're uh, we're all finished up. So. All right, Jim, thanks for the preview. If, uh, if there's anything last minute, you can follow us on Twitter. Jim, what's your handle? Uh, at JJ McIntosh. Go. Um, 
What is it? DFS <laughs> Joey Levine. <laughs> At DFS Joey Levine. And I am Vinny Levine 29. So we'll uh, we'll get some more info out. And then we should have another pod dropping this week, kind of catch up a little bit more on some baseball and football news. So with that, we're out. All right, guys. Later, later guys.